Hello everyone and welcome to the Debug Log, the podcast where you can learn about game development and have fun at the same time. In this episode 83, we're going to be talking about marketing and some we're going to be following the article Marketing Your Indie Game on Zero Dollar Budget by Nathan Lobato and this is going to be like some uh, guidelines and, and things that you can do for your marketing strategy to help you uh, sell your game so because like you know like making a good game is not enough to make sure that it sells and you actually make a revenue uh, after you finish it so if you want to know more keep listening to the debug log episode 83 oh sorry I, I received the invitation for your wedding yeah you guys look good man thanks yeah, I put a sticker over your face. <laughs> <laughs> Only natural. Only natural. That is terrible. <laughs> and then you have that little manacle laugh right there. Listening to the Debug Log, the podcast about game development. My name is Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. I'm Obino Opara. I'm Zach Schneider. And I'm Ryan Edward Kilgore. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that one. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, today um, in the show we're going to be talking about uh, marketing, which might not be interesting for so many people, but it's really important in this business. So um, I just wanted to touch some bases on, on, on that. Based on a, an article that I read, that um, I think is is really good, and it could give you some insights and in, um, what things you need to be doing for for your um, game. Uh, the article, by the way, is called "Why Marketing uh, Your Game Is Essential." No, that's not the title. All right, before we <laughs> jump into this, first we have to. No, no, throw... I'm just going to mention it. I'm going to just to mention it really quick. And, okay, uh, you can go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, it's called Marketing Your Indie Game on a Zero Dollar Budget by Nathan Lobato. So, uh, yeah, but we'll keep talking about this later. Go ahead, Ovino. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, first I just wanted to throw Andrew under the bus and tell him, you know, give him shit for missing another episode <laughs> in a row. So, first we got to throw him under the bus. And then secondly, um, we got to talk about our, our uh, I guess, our lovely iTunes reviews. We didn't have a new one this week either uh so anyway we we want to inspire you guys and encourage you guys to keep writing those reviews because they definitely 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 help uh help us with our reach and, and being able to generate new content for you guys so keep writing reviews uh, outside of that we did get a new patron for on patreon Ooh. and that was Ooh. yeah woo-hoo. that is uh rebecca bompiani bompiani Bampiani. Thank know. you, Rebecca. Uh, we'll try yeah, so better they, your name. Yeah. Yeah, we'll try. You'll maybe you'll teach us how. Oh, because yeah, she'll definitely be on our um Hangouts. our next hangout call. So hopefully oh, we right can on, yeah. ask her and talk to her about that one. So thank you for your your donation. Uh, much appreciated. Anyway, back to you, Eduardo. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna miss the next episode, so you're not gonna be giving me shit about that. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Man, you're already scheduled, scheduled to miss it? That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm planning to mix, miss the next month, so... Uh, Wait, right. what, what the hell is you're this? Fine. Come on. You're getting married. Jeez. Well, at least you guys are forthcoming with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be here. I'm just messing around. 
so <laughs> going back to the to the episode, uh, like I said, we're gonna be talking about uh, marketing. And first, let's um, have like an idea of how the market is going and why marketing is important. So, like you guys know, the game development industry is overcrowded for so many indie game developers that we have now with uh, Unity being free and Unreal Engine being free. Everybody wants to make games because it's super fun. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> uh, not everybody can make money and you know the players have like are inundated with so much games and applications in the in the app stores so uh, having said that there's a lot of competition and yes there might be a bunch of beginners trying to do games but there are a lot of good games and uh, new teams that are, are growing and making great stuff so uh, you have to step up and, and, and do your best. But sometimes you do a great game and nobody sees it because you're a, a great game developer but you don't know how to sell it. So it's like writing books. You could be uh, the best writer but your, your book is not a bestseller because you don't know how to market it. So, um, and, and this is not only for uh, in, the, in the, you know, the world of mobile games it's also for people that make uh, PC games. They have to compete with AAA games that spend millions in, in advertising and they go to all these conferences and you don't get that much visibility because, because of them. And when people uh, like sit down and, and to play a game, they want to play the best games. So, and what they see is like, I don't know, Mortal Kombat, Injustice 2, um, Destiny, those, those big games. Um, so for on the other on the other side the the mobile game guys uh, like players are on the go uh, they play just a little bit and and their their attention is constantly being bombarded by these notifications from Facebook Instagram all the social networks everybody wants uh, your players attention just like you so you have to do a great job at selling your game and that's where marketing is important you need to know like what strategies what things you need to be doing uh, to get their attention and and to make sure that your game uh, has like the proper presentation it's like the first thing that they're going to see uh, and how to uh, hook them up and lead them to download your game Right. So you mentioned uh, earlier, you're talking about like it's marketing is difficult, not only in the space of mobile games, but also in the space of PC games. And I'm not sure how broad or how, I guess, directed we're getting with this particular conversation, but marketing in general is really tough. No matter if you're talking about games or you're talking about marketing yourself, like career wise or marketing any product, it's really hard to market your product, uh, especially, and I guess, I guess our focus, like you said, uh, Eduardo is focusing on marketing your game with a low budget or with not as much money or capital to spend on marketing as, you know, your mortal Kombat's and your, your destinies of the world. So I guess that's, that is the, the focus that we're talking about is more, directed on how to market your game with a limited budget. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah uh, we're going to be talking about things that uh, you could do and you don't have to spend uh, thousands of dollars. It's something that anybody could do. And let me clear this. 
there's no such thing as uh, marketing with zero dollars. So if you're gonna do things right, uh, you will have to spend some money. Gotta spend money to make money, baby. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. You could spend a hundred bucks in uh, paying an advertising on Facebook, things like that. You don't have to spend too much, but at least to to reach a large amount of people, you will have to spend some money. Yeah. Well, it's it's not always money either, too. It's it can be time, yeah, as, time well, as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah, time yeah. is money, time. as they say. But yeah, it's like you're you're gonna have to. It, it's it's almost like a full time job. You're gonna have to put forth an effort to get that you know that word out there to you know trying to you know spread the word about your game. So. Yeah. So okay. having said that, I'm mentioning Facebook. That's the first thing that I'm going to. Uh, Tell that you guys media. should do. Uh-huh. Start on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and create your fan base. So uh, subscribe to, to groups that are related to uh, game development or related to the type of game that you're making. And you start uh, getting people interested in your game. Um, do you want to say something about this, Sofina? Or I do, sure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, this, is a, this is a topic and conversation I've had with a lot of my, like, I guess the inner circle of my development team as well, uh, is, like, when do you start posting on social media? Like, is there a good time to start advertising and talking about your game? Um, whether you're trying to build a tribe, like, build a community, or um, whether you're actually, you know, gearing up for a potential soft launch or beta, et cetera, or even, like, a full release of your game. So, when is... When do you guys think is a good time to actually reach out to these social media outlets like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit, etc.? Um, I you know I, I guess maybe it depends on like what your current intent or scope is. Like if you're just ramping up, maybe you're posting to friends and family that type of thing. Maybe getting that initial feedback. You know what I mean? Because you're you're not that far along yet, but you still you still want to just hear some ideas. And the more it gets fleshed out, probably the bigger the sphere will grow for who you want to see it and check it out and give you feedback. You know, because, again, you, you know, game development's a very fluid thing. So, you know, what you think about in the early days of development could, you know, shift, change, ebb, and flow into something completely different by the time you're ready to make a YouTube video about it or a Kickstarter or something like that. So, you know, I'd say it, it all kind of depends on where you're at, you know. So early on, I'd say, yeah. You know, post on Facebook to, a, like, a friend circle or something like that and say, hey, give me some feedback. And then as it grows, maybe, like, hey, the, the debug lounge, come in there and say, hey, guys, check this out. You know, and then, you know, that's more of an insider's indie game, you know, developer community that can say, hey, you know, here's some feedback. And then as it grows even further, maybe you're taking it to YouTube and putting it out there to more people or, you know, a Kickstarter or a Patreon or something like that. So gotcha. it's kind of all where you are in the process, from my personal opinion. Gotcha. As a, as a follow-up question to that, um, you also get in cases where – so anyway, let me just reiterate what, you're, what I think you're saying is it's yeah. kind of like a gradual or, you know, upgrade or progression of where you're releasing information. Um, right. So to that end, I guess my other question in Devil Advocate is if you do start, even if you're starting in the early term and you you said the ebb and flow development, what if you just stop development? Or what if you like, okay, well, this is not the game I wanted and you just want to stop development? Do you feel like or have you ever heard of stories where developers have stopped development and their community, however big it was, you know, have a negative outlook on that developer? 
Um, you know, I don't know of any like particular case studies on that or just like instances off the top of my head. Like if somebody just, and maybe that's because I don't know of anyone who's like sort of built up a hype enough for like me to see it or, you know, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, it got big enough to where it's like, oh, that game. Yeah, that game. That'd be gr- great. And then all of a sudden it just like imploded and they, they ran off or they just said, oh, like, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, I have a away. good example of that. It, oh, great. It was, a, yeah, it was that it. Star Wars bounty hunter game. You guys remember the cinematic for that? Uh, Andrew would know what the name of it was. It was like... Guilty Andrew. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, Anyways, it was like this great looking cinematic where you're on Coruscant. You're in this... uh, It's two uh, bounty hunters. You're on this ship that's being like wrecked by somebody else. And you're like falling through this giant pit. It looks amazing, the cinematic. And then they canceled the game like a month later. Wait, that wasn't the LucasArts shutdown, yeah. was it? Uh, no, I don't think it was well, the LucasArts little... shutdown. Oh, but okay. it was... I was say, that's a little different. Right. <laughs> no, no, it was yeah. it was like a, just a canceled game. Okay. I, I don't think it was LucasArts shutdown. So let me Because there was like level that. 47 or 3. I can't. There was supposed to be a Boba Fett game that kind of morphed for different things. But uh, nah, and I may be thinking of something different. Sorry. Yeah, I'll have to ask Andrew, and we we can try to put the game in the show notes. But so I guess generally speaking, though, uh, you don't think it would be there wouldn't be any disadvantage to posting, even if you do decide to give up a project, um, or is, is there tips and tricks to how to handle that situation, Eduardo? No, or, I don't know. Okay. Uh, if, if it was me, and you don't want to work in that project anymore for X reason, just don't do it. And start working in the next one. What what will actually hurt uh, is if you do that like a lot of times or right. very frequently, right. because people are going to say, "Yeah, you're not going to release anything." So, yeah, see, and that and I guess that's where I'm saying like temper your sphere of influence because you know if you keep if you keep putting like posting in like like a place with a lot of eyeballs and you keep saying like check this out get like trying to hype people and then just quit and restart quit and restart you're gonna start to sort of lose their attention you know what i mean so you kind of you kind of need to maybe based off of your confidence and how far you think you want to take it probably is where you you know start deciding how many like how big the sphere of influence you want to expose your game to right you know and i i agree completely and i I feel like kind of the point i kind of want to make is like when you when you are marketing, uh, whether it's early on in development or later on in development, you're still as you put your name out there and your game's name out there, you're creating a brand about yourself as a mm-hmm. developer and as for your, your for your product. So Absolutely. you also need to keep in mind the brand that you're you know putting out there. So I think uh, uh, Ryan's suggestion about like limiting your sphere of influence or limit it to your sphere of influence. Anyway, limiting who you're who you're delivering your product to at certain times is is really key because your brand is at stake whenever you're putting your voice out on a public platform. So, yeah, a lot of marketing is still like your credibility. So if somebody sees something and, it's, and it looks really awesome, but then the game's nothing like that, that can also be really harmful to right. to you. Yeah, but you know why uh, I said Avina that uh, I wouldn't mind like changing and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to do this game anymore." Mm-hmm. It's because everybody makes mistakes, and maybe you wanted to do a game that was uh, a great idea, but you don't have the resources, or uh, yeah, that's a good. You don't have the resources anymore, or uh, the designer that you had like stopped working, or you have conflict of interest, or whatever. Uh, that that's fine. So everybody makes mistakes, and uh, you correct the curse, and you do something else. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. The resources, resources, or just not being able to do it. Because, I mean, like you said, we mentioned LucasArts and other big names who have canceled games or gotten to the doorstep of release and, and then just canceled it because of X, Y, or Z reasons. So I think it's it's definitely something that's commonplace, especially in games, which is we. Oh, yeah. Oh, you Absolutely. know what? It's a good example. Uh, Sai, you know about this. Uh, we had like three co-workers that were working in a game uh and they get they were going to get sued by uh oh yeah who, yeah. who was uh sack uh what's uh, the name of this company i uh, i think epic was actually gonna sue them epic yeah yeah i was like damn yeah don't make it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that also happens that's crazy yeah cool so anyway so moving along uh the next one that uh, I would suggest is make a release team. And this is going to be a close group of people that are going to help you spread the world when uh, you are about to release your game or even before just to create the hype of, of your game. So uh, a release team, yeah, is that. So make a, a, a list, uh, an email list that, that's super popular, email list now nowadays with so many uh, online businesses. So make an email list, uh, like tell everybody, hey, this is what I want to do. Would you like to help me, um, like promote my game? So it's usually like close, uh, people that are close to you. So they will probably say yes, uh, friends, uh, family, um, people that started with you, co-workers, things like that. But if you have a, a strong uh, presence on social media, Maybe some people that you don't know might, might help you as well. So I have a question about this. And I'm not sure if it conflicts with your, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, your number five on your, our list. But um, Dude, I'm not there yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I, I'm trying to see if this really conflicts with it. Because when, when you said uh, if you have, a, uh, I guess, a bigger flu- sphere of influence and you have people that are more, I guess, a popular person, mm-hmm. um, are, is it really just people that you know that's close to you? Or is, could it be just anyone that you want to advocate for you about your game? Oh, anybody, anybody. Okay, interesting. All right, so yeah, for, for I'm this... I'm just saying, I'm, Go ahead. This, is, this is from my experience, and uh, when I did my important hangman, it was people that were close to me, but um, if you have a strong experience, like, you will have people that like what you do that you don't know. Like, for example, uh, I follow... This guy that makes the podcast Smart Passive Income is called Pat Flynn. Dude, he has like pff, millions of people that listen to him. And when he was going to release the, his last book, his uh, uh, release team was huge. And he doesn't know all these people, but they were willing to help him because they like him. So, so the release team can be a little more informal. It sounds like it's just it's just yeah. a group of people you want to help, or you Im- like recruit to help sort of spread the word about what you're doing. Exactly. And it's not, okay. uh, even though they are, uh, you might not know them. It's a good of people that are going to be okay with you saying, Hey, um, I just finished it. Uh, new, I don't know, screenshot or video. Uh, could you release it on, on your, uh, Facebook wall or on Instagram? And they are going to say yes, because that's what you, Asked them to do at the beginning, and they said they, they wanted to be in your email list. So that's the idea of this release team. Gotcha. <clears throat> right on. So the next one is 
uh, and this is the first one in, in the article. It says, make a good trailer. And according to the, to the guy, it says the guidelines is make it short uh, with a good, you know, active music that motivates the, the player uh, and that is in sync with the images or parts of the game that you're showing. Show the gameplay in the trailer and end with a call to action. What do you guys think about this? Uh, I mean, if you if you go through Steam, I, I think probably 90% of the top-selling games all have really nice cinematic uh, trailers that go along with them. Um, one of the ones that does it like the best is like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Clash of Clans? No, no, it's the, the Clash Royale. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. those are like some of the most amazing, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, really just little shorts that happen. And some, like, it doesn't actually show any gameplay until the end, which actually I, I think is more important. But because that game is so big, it's not, not really an issue for them. But I mean, one of the biggest things that, uh, um, gosh, uh, we interviewed one of our first interviews, uh, Abina, what was his name? Travis. Uh, Travis. Yeah. yeah uh, like, his game, um, he had a, a really nice trailer for it, right? Right. Yes, gameplay trailer, yeah. And, and he had all of those things. He had nice cinematic mu- music. He showed gameplay. And, and I mean, all that stuff contributed to that that becoming a, a, a nice selling game in Steam. Right. So. so would you say this is the one, one of the steps that you suggest uh, that kind of require some money being spent? Or do you think – or I guess it depends on your, your – um, your skill set. Your skill set, yeah. yeah if, if you have an Andrew, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you got a good video editor, yeah. You can get some in-game, some renders, that type of thing, some animation, right. yeah. I mean, it may take a little effort, but, you know, I, I could see it going two ways. Like, if you know, a good trailer could just be a short, you know, gameplay snippets with, uh, say, a musical overlay or, you know, kind of like you were saying with some games, it's like you may have some pre-rendered stuff that inter- sort of intersperses with, you know, gameplay or has it at the end or things like right. that. I, so I, it seems like could, I've got another follow-up go question. Sorry to keep interrupting with these random questions. But when, we, when we say no quote unquote, how dare you be inquisitive? How dare you be inquisitive on a discussion podcast? Yeah. Uh, so mine is uh, this quote unquote good trailer. Uh, so you, Ryan, just described I guess two scenarios. One was like a, a music, you know, gameplay with music overlay. Another one maybe, you know, like what Zach said in, in this Clash Royale epic cinematic or World of Warcraft, Starcraft kind of trailers. When we say good trailer, does that, like, should you go the extra mile and make good, quote-unquote, great or, quote-unquote, epic? So you're getting, you know, it seems like if this was the first thing listed in the article, it seems like one of the high-priority things that really, and like Zach said, even on Steam, the top 10 or so games all have these epic-like trailers. Is Do you think it's, it's that important where you should really push a lot of effort into creating a great trailer? Yeah, I do, because that's the first thing that people are going to see. If you have a video and screenshots, they're going to watch the video first. Right. And because yeah. they want to see, uh, like, how the the gameplay... I, I hate when I see uh, games that just show cinematic stuff and they don't show you the game. I'm, like, suspicious, like, yeah, this game is going to be a crap. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah or, uh, yeah, or just, you know, fancy images... Most of uh, the ones that I've seen are the, you know, some manga games. Mm-hmm. They put a bunch of images with a lot of colors, but they don't show you how the game actually right. looks or a, a fight or something. 
Well, see, yeah. also, I, I think, like, tr- a good trailer could also be, again, this is maybe what's your intent or what are you, you know, where are you trying to market to immediately? Because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. mentioned Steam, right? And if you go to, like, just type in any game on the Steam store, and they, they pretty much have a video that's, you know, in their storefront that's like, hey, here's kind of what this mm-hmm. is. You know, so there's sort of that, which is, like, a mandatory sales aspect of it. But there's there's also, like, tr- like sort of hype trailers or maybe tech reels. People also do. You know, so, again, maybe some, like, during the cycle of your game development, you may be making different types right. of trailers, even. I think it's good to mention. Um, again, it could be a tech trailer. It could be a story trailer. It could be an art trailer. You know, whatever. But, you know, in the end, I think it's, you know, what gets the hype up and what kind of presents your best foot forward and what you want people to see or know about right. your game. And then you get to, you know, things like Steam where it's like, yeah, by this point, like you said, Eduardo, you better have, a, like, something kick-ass because this is now, like, your billboard on your store saying, buy this thing, play it. Right. You know? Do you think so. the, the different levels of trailer are kind of... Trailer, I guess trailer in and of itself is kind of like the quote-unquote polish to a game slash product slash game developer. That's so true, I, yeah. like if you're having multiple levels of trailer, like here's my tech trailer, here's my art trailer, here's my uh, gameplay trailer, you're kind of bolstering your product with here's levels of professionalism and polish that I'm putting into this game. So the, the mm-hmm. end user kind of has this, you know, is like almost forced to have this mentality that, what I'm about to play has a level or levels of polish to it and not just a single level where it's, hey, this is just the one gameplay trailer on their storefront. Mm-hmm. This is three different trailers depicting three different aspects of the game and the level of polish. Yeah. So I guess that, that just goes into how much money we're spending trying to spend. So I guess the question more for Eduardo is, like, where does, where does the trailer fit in budget? And I guess do you, do you have, like, an idea of what kind of trailer would fit in the low quote unquote low budget um uh i think you could do uh you know like record your screen with different uh you know gameplays and stuff like that in different parts of the game showing different uh backgrounds or uh scenes and then mix them together put an image and you have a trailer if you don't have any resources. If, of course, if you have a friend that knows how to do a trailer, you could give him that and he's going to make it look a lot better and with some effects and things. Um, but that's an option. Another option is, I think there's a website called 99designs where uh, like designers make uh, logos or animations and videos and stuff like that for you. And you could give them the specifications, and uh, it's not expensive, I think. So for a couple hundred dollars, you could get a lot of things done. So that's that. Uh, that answers the yeah, question. Yeah, I did. Of it. Thank you. You're welcome, <laughs> sir. So the next one is uh, have beautiful screenshots, and I think this one is similar to the, uh, having a good trailer. It's just because that's going to be the presentation of your game. And I think it relates a little bit to social media and what we said about uh, posting on the groups too. Because one thing that uh, worried me at the beginning when I was making the hangman, even though there are a billion hangmans over there, is that people uh, copying the idea of my game, not not the hangman, but the theme and the different uh, levels. So I guess when you have a more original game, 
where you created the story uh, is, uh, I don't know, you have a new mechanic or something like that that is unique. You don't want people to copy it. So you really don't want to publish too much of your game. In that case, I, I guess you could um, solve that problem with some screenshots. Like maybe if, if your art or your style is really good, you could post just part of the of the screen or if it's a, a gameplay or a cool mechanic that you have yeah just with the screenshot nobody is going to know so what do you, what are your thoughts on this uh for me if i'm to chime in i i feel like uh i feel like i wouldn't say a lot of our audience but maybe a majority of our audience might be uh programmer heavy and art <laughs> less art heavy uh in their skill set and my question is like where does the you know quote-unquote pro i keep saying quote-unquote but the programmer artists you know come in into this idea of marketing uh, is do they need to be do they need to have the mindset where that i'm about to spend a good chunk of money or is there are there other avenues for them to you know exploit marketing with their limited skill set i guess well, I mean, if you're talking about like screenshots, I guess you're already sort of deciding that with your game. And I, you know, again, it's like, how early are you doing it? Is it programmer art, or is it like, you know, hey, this is our team, this is the game we're putting out. So, sort of like, I'm just thinking back to a, a game like Darwinia, where it's like very simple graphics and very, you know, you know, the the visuals were kind of like this sort of retro computer '80s sort of feel, right. and it's like you know that you know as a programmer art, they could probably be pretty easy to do procedurally, or you know, you don't need a ton of skill sets versus like you know these very sort of organic, naturally rendered things you may see in an RPG or something like that. And in which case, yeah, screenshots may be a little harder because if you don't have the artists that can get the assets going for you, then your screenshots are gonna look like crap. So. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I guess it's kind of like, you know, what what is your intent? What are you trying to do? And like, you know, what are your art resources for that? So, cool. Yeah, happy, <laughs> Arena. <laughs> yes, I'm happy. You happy? <laughs> cool. He's to exactly. <laughs> are you happy yet? Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I I think you're right. Like, beautiful. It's, it's good to have. Um, Beautiful screenshots could also mean outside of like just nice artwork, you know, a composition that maybe defines the universe as far as like, or, you know, the, that you're going to be playing in. Like, you know, is it some steampunk futuristic thing? Does it, does it get that idea across that feel of your game across? Or maybe, you know, it actually like does show off some part of gameplay or like, you know, if, you know, is a little evocative, so the user's like, "Oh, what, what's going on in this scene? I don't have the whole story. It's not like a video, but I'm kind of teased with this little tidbit of like something happening, and I kind of want to know more about it. Like, oh, what's that in the background? What's this flying in the air? What are they shooting? You know, right. that type of actually, thing. I actually so. kind of uh, dumbed down the word screenshots to just mean images, and I'm not sure if I did that incorrectly because you know, like, um, say for example, on the Apple Store, when you go to a game, you always have those. Sometimes they're screenshots. Sometimes they're just images of like, you know, a splash screen or something. It's not really gameplay. It's not the same thing. Uh, say again. It's not the same thing. A screenshot. Well, that's what um, I'm saying. Well, screenshots usually screen. some is sometimes refers to as like literally a screen capture of the game, like what this you you know a screenshot of the screen. So that's why I said I dumbed it down to just use mean images, uh, and that's where I think. 
uh, to Ryan's point about having images, um, not necessarily a screenshot of your game, that can evoke certain emotions or certain themes about your game that can make a, a player or a potential player curious. Uh, got you, got you, got you. So, like, having... Uh, like, I don't know. It can even be concepts yeah, and image. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to say. Like concept art or having uh, a, a literally screenshot of your of your game. Concept even, art. character renders, you know, have, like give it, give them an idea. Like show show some well developed characters. Even them standing there on their own can be kind of you know, hey, who's this guy? You know, like what is he doing? Like why does he look like that? You know, what is his deal? So. I've even seen stuff like uh, like uh, infographs, like uh, Portal has some of those for some of their uh, their things. Like they'll just have like their little Portal figure, which is not actually part of like they're not actually in the game playing as the Portal figure, but like that's that's become synonymous right. with Portal. Oh, yeah, but uh, no, no, go you go ahead. ahead. But I think what what the guy in the article is talking about is. Like screenshots, like the ones that you will have to show in in the uh, Apple App Store, you know, that are literally like the how your game is going to look in the phone. I think that's what he's talking about. Cool. So I, I had a follow up question. I actually, it, I think it just slipped my mind. <laughs> Dang it! Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, we're waiting. <laughs> Never mind. You keep going. If it comes to me, I'll, I'll bring it back up. I know, oh, man. Tell me my about goodness. goodness. Oh, wow. God, if he's old, what the <laughs> hell am I? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. Right, I remember. Ancient, man. Keep going. Okay, cool. Oh, there so, we go. my question was uh, about like investments and whether like do you think developers should invest? Like, a screenshot, this is something that's already integrated into your workflow, it's already into, integrated into development. So, it's like something you already have that you're not, it's not like your throwaway work. Do you suggest or recommend for marketing purposes that people invest in things that are essentially going to be throwaway in the sense that they're not going to be used in the game? Especially for indie developers, it's like almost everything you create, you kind of want it to be Ooh. immediately and I guess tangible for your game and for the product. Does that make sense? Invest in oh, that? Are you, are you talking I, about I, like... Sort of like uh, would AAA companies make these throwaway demos and trailers for yeah. E3? Like, a trailer like or a, a, a fantastic high-poly render of a model that they're not going to use in that game. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's an interesting subject, I think, altogether. Is like, you know, at what point do you... Is it selling your game versus almost false advertising sometimes you know you saw like triple a games in the past like watchdogs have a you know a video or render at e3 and it's like oh my god that looks amazing and then it was noticeably different on release day it's like yeah they had to dial things back they had you know like the visual settings definitely took a hit for the end game which shit happens i get it but you know that is a good question of like how much do you hype it like do you push it past the bar you're actually you know, going to release it at, it's like sort of setting expectations, yeah. I and guess. It, okay, yeah. So well, is it setting expectations or is it just literally marketing? Is it, I want to get you excited. I don't care. It's not about this is, I'm not telling you this is my game. I'm telling you this is what you should get excited about. You should get excited about this character that's in my game. This is not literally him, but you should get excited about him. Yeah, and no, honestly, that that's a fair concept. Like, I'm more of a conservative person. Like, oh, you know, 
don't want to oversell what I'm right. delivering type of thing, you know. But you you bring up a very good point that if it gets the crowd pumped and hyped and they go out and buy it and they want to see it and they have fun with it, then you know, hey, a little maybe a little flair to something does not hurt, you know. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, I I wouldn't like to oversell something. But if it's gonna get people's attention and it's gonna spread the word, yeah. uh, just do it. Stretch the truth <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, or, or you know, or just have it evoke something in their head where it's like, no, 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 you thought that. Right. I didn't say <laughs> exactly. that. You thought that thing, you know? It's like so. It's like I never promised that. You just kind of had that idea. But I mean, again, that that that's a sticky thing. Like you know, No Man's Sky. They kind of. Maybe took it a little too far and, you know, were a victim of their own sort of like, ah, oh, we're going to let you set your expectations type of thing. So, you know, it's it's a balance. And, you know, finding that level of salesmanship versus, you know, where you temper people's expectations is difficult. So, Exactly. That's a really good example. Because they say, oh, uh, how many millions of planets? I don't know. I forget. Yeah, well, I mean, it's that, and it's like, is it multiplayer? And they're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it sort of is, but it really, you know, it, it is multiplayer in a sense. Like, in a certain light or a certain context, yes, this is multiplayer. Players influence the environment. But the thing really going through everyone's head is, hey, can, like, you know, I go onto a planet with Obina, Eduardo, and Zach, and we like create a colony. That's what's going right. through my head. And of course, they just let that run, but they so they never temper that. You know what I'm saying? It's like so. It's like yeah, I'll let you think that because you get really excited and buy the game. But in the end, it's like well, I couldn't do any of that. It's just I saw Obina discovered that planet, Zach discovered that you know lake, and Eduardo has been mining over here. Right. So it's you know. Oh, so it was no multiplayer. You you never see anybody. Right, right, right. Yeah, but well, I mean, we we don't want to get hung up on them. But yeah, it 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 panned out in a different way. So, and gotcha, that's cheating. <laughs> so, uh, the the next one uh, in in the list is uh, write to journalists, and this one falls in the same category of um, how early you can uh, you know start advertising your game or or marketing your game. Because uh, some some people like to uh, do this after they uh, release their game, and they can send uh, screenshots, videos, uh, even a URL to the to the journalist. So when when it's published in a in a gaming blog or in like Polygon or something like that, a magazine, uh, they can say, "Hey, go and download it here," and you're gonna get a lot of downloads from there instead of. At the beginning, uh, where the game is not finished yet, and they can only say, "Yeah, it's coming in this date," and the next day people are going to forget. So, yes, uh, whatever, whatever. It also depends on on the, I guess the the medium in which the journalist is operating. So, like for instance, if you want uh, YouTuber reviews, you're gonna want to have at least something playable before you give it to them. So I, I I've been watching uh, like a lot of uh, I guess YouTubers who play a bunch of different games. I guess they they play a bunch of betas and things like that. And one thing they'll do is they'll get an early beta, which actually gets me really excited for the game. But then I realize, okay, the game doesn't come out for three more months or another year or something like that. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, I now I have to wait for this. I'm excited about it, but it might fall off right. my radar in six months. So you really gotta. Yeah. Well, the here, timing here's... is actually crucial. So. 
Yeah, and yeah, timing's crucial for that thing. And like you know, falling off the radar is is definitely a problem. And um, I mean, I guess there's I guess there's avenues like you know maybe even if you did a Kickstarter or something like that, you know, if people subscribe to that, then that gives you kind of a mechanism to say, like, I, I, I have some games that will send me updates. You know, they'll give me a little, like, synopsis of where they are, um, you know, in their development cycle, which is kind of nice. And, you know, that's kind of fostered through, um, uh, oh, shit, I was about to say pretty Kickstarter. Actually, uh, I had two questions. <laughs> I said I was going to ask less questions. But one is related to... Why are you alive? Why are you alive? Okay, no. <laughs> uh, one is related to what Ryan just said about Kickstarter. I feel like that's something we kind of have mentioned but kind of glossed over, which actually seems really important for marketing and on a low budget. Do yes, you think yeah. Kickstarter is actually catered to the to the low budget or, or indie or you know developer? I guess is that something? I mean, there, there's been people who've gotten burned on. Oh well, I, I should say. People who, who have donated to Kickstarter who have gotten burned because I know there's a couple of games where people were advertising that they're going to make this game and then they got a bunch of money on Kickstarter and then they didn't make the game, or yeah, they made I mean, made a really crappy non like not what they promised and delivered this this thing and just laughed all the way to the bank. So, yeah, and there there's there's always going to be some risk in something like that. I mean, you've got you've got to know the medium right there. You know, as a consumer, so, so like I you, just, you will get like like you said, Zach, some people who may just like you know promise the moon and then grab a bunch of money and like, well, this is all we could do. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's 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 also kind of on the consumer too to be a little bit educated. I personally feel like if I see mm-hmm. if I see a game put up by you know, industry veterans. And I mean, this takes a little education or like, you know, if you're about like maybe who's making what, but you know, you can, there's a smell test of these things sometimes. If like none of the, you see something that's offering up like, you know, the next evolution in MMORPG that's totally VR and it's like Skyrim and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, oh, there's three guys working on this and they've never made a game before. Well, yeah. Mine's, my my question out. was a little bit. You guys went kind of consumer. <laughs> I was speaking more towards developer. And if it's a uh, it's a solution for okay. low budget, like is it a low budget solution for developers? Like I know you can create a, a Kickstarter uh, without too much front costs, but I mean, or well, that's that's my, that's my question. Is it? It's debatable. Like how much effort is actually involved? And like we said in early in the episode, time is money. How much effort is involved in creating a Kickstarter? And if that time is truly low budget i i, I think have, close to the same question. amount yeah. uh, I, because you have to make like for kickstarter it, it's it's yeah it, it is the that, same amount as what as like making something on steam and making facebook groups and doing all this because not only do you have to make the kickstarter but now you have to promote that kickstarter as well because there i mean it'll just be there and they're not going to promote it for you. It's going to it's going to grow as you, it gets more views, which means you still have to do all the other stuff. The thing that Kickstarter really offers you that that you don't get out of the others is you actually get tangible money to to help develop your game, right? So these other ones, you, you're marketing and you're you're getting you know interest in your game, but that doesn't turn into anything until you release your game. Whereas this gives you money before you have released your game. Well, and well, that that's a fair point, but yeah. you still got to keep up the marketing front right. too because you yeah. can, you you can do a Kickstarter, right? And I have no idea. Difficult- 
no idea how difficult that is. But when, once you get that set up and re ready to go, I mean, you don't get the money right. until you make the goal. So it's like you've pretty much got to keep yep. marketing that Kickstarter too. So and you have that to like, keep it updated. You have, to, you have like, well, to have rewards. Like, like right. even like even like Tears, we, we yeah. have our own experience yeah. with Patreon and. And even like keeping that up is can, has been like somewhat difficult. Not really, because we we care, but I mean, but there there are there are like things that you have to do to keep up any kind of marketing camp or any kind of campaign, and that's what Kickstarter is is a campaign that you're creating. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, right. you got to foster it, or else anyway. it'll wither. So, yeah, but to answer to answer your question in short is like yeah, that definitely is a solution for someone that doesn't have uh, like enough resources. Because, like Zach said, you're getting money and you're getting funded, uh, like for your followers, uh, and that could give you, like, a help to to push and finish your game and hire other people, things like that. Interesting. Now that's another. Anyway, well, I'll I'll skip that. I'll skip that. But I'll skip go most ahead, of it. But ahead. the one thing about like your <laughs> the followers sure part, especially with uh, <laughs> people who do not have a large, who have not built that tribe. Um, getting followers is not something that Kickstarter does for you, uh, like Zach said. So it seems like it, it just my question. That's what my kind of the root of my question is. It's, it's unless you have what you need to for a successful Kickstarter, it, I'm I'm kind of weary in the fact that it is worth the budget. It, it is worth that low low I guess initial startup cost, which is just hey, let me create a campaign. That that but that's that's not going to get you anywhere. Well, maybe that's somewhere. I don't, on the, I don't know. Maybe that's somewhere on the spectrum of the marketing is like get your game to a point where you're ready to show people you've got the materials, the post, and then you know what I mean. It's like once you have enough for a Kickstarter, then you can also use some of those resources to also post on other avenues like social media or sending to potentially um, journalists right. or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like. You know, once you're to that point of asking for money, I really feel like you should probably have something. Right, worth and I think the thing is, sorry, the thing like is that. with Kickstarter, I feel like it requires more than what you need to market your game. Well, in the basic sense, like in a Steam sense, or in you know going on blogs or going on, I feel like Kickstarter kind of requires a little more effort. No, but but like market your game is um, you know too broad. You could get it, you could do it um, like with not too many people, or or you know a really shitty job, or you could do it right uh, if you have the expertise, or you could spend some money on it. And I think Kickstarter really helps with that because you just have to make a, a really good prototype to show people the concept that you have and. Uh, I don't know, maybe some graphics and get them hyped for, for your game. Uh, they can donate some money. If you don't have followers, okay, first create um, like some followers, start like shooting things in, uh, posting things in, in Facebook and get some people, uh, make an email list or something. When you have some followers, uh, do your campaign on Kickstarter. Say, hey, everybody, please uh, share my Kickstarter campaign publishing all Facebook groups and spam them, whatever you have to do. And if you get that plan, that goal, then you have more money to market your game yeah. even better. So I think it's a solution that it requires like some work before you do it. Okay. Great, completely but... unrelated to Kickstarter, but still related to your right to journalists uh, point. 
and that is, I just want to give some personal, I guess, asides that I've dealt with, I guess, is one, or tips, I guess, is one is start your journalist list or your media list or your press list prior to release, like prior to when you're finished with the game. Start it as early as you can. Like start gathering your resources, like websites you want to reach out to, forums, like Zach said, YouTubers. Just gather that list as you're developing and as these these new avenues of, of media come out, start you know writing them down. And also think outside of your the bubble, I guess. If you're planning to release, or you're planning to want your game released in certain countries or certain languages, target those 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 platforms as well. Look for you know maybe German journalists or you know Russian and French journalists, I guess, and and media outlets. So don't just like say, hey, I, I, this is the English. I work in you know Georgia, so I'm only worried about U.S. speaking people, which you may be, but make sure you always you know look outside of that. Grow your list as you're developing games. Um, yeah, I think that's my other. Well, my, I had another tip, but I can't one. remember now. Anyway. Yeah. No, and also another one that I wanted to say is that make sure that when you um, email these people, you have all the information for your game. Your URL, if you already finished, uh, or the URL of your of your uh, website, screenshots, videos, the story. I don't know, cool technology or or systems that you're using in in your game, gameplays, stuff like that. Um, so they can write everything because if they don't have enough information or content to write story about your game, like it's useless. They're not going to do it. So make it easy for them to help you. Um, so the next one is gonna be uh, create a website. Like uh, this is debatable because if you're making a really simple mobile game to start and all that, you really don't have to. But um, I would at least make making, a company website. Yeah. Well, yeah. but because because you you want you want a landing page for because right. you right. want yeah. you want someone to reach you somehow yeah so or reach your game so if you don't have a website you could t- potentially just have a forum but you know you still need to have an online presence for your exactly. right because somewhere. honestly some of the other things we've discussed if they start searching for you and you don't have a website that's maybe a little off putting exactly even if you have all the trailers in the world if they have nowhere to go and see yeah. them and you just have it on YouTube then it's it's less professional. And less layer of polish. Yeah, yeah that, that's the key. I think the website makes your game look more professional. So you actually Absolutely. want to do that. That's like um, the baseline. Get a website. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wix.com. Yeah, another own. one that the guy suggests is uh, have a blog and post frequently to it. Uh, this I didn't like this one that much because it's a it's a real hustle to start posting and you want you get distracted from developing your game because now you have some people that are reading your blog and you want to post to the blog and you don't know what to post and you have to start researching and it's time that you're wasting from development so yeah so i don't know about this one yeah we andrew and i were attempting to uh start that and then uh, it just never got off the ground so i it's a lot of work to, to maintain a blog and code and I mean if if you're doing this on the side and working a, a job so like I would I would focus on some of the more visible I mean if you have a blog already and it already has a bunch of people looking at it that's great but you can always retroactively add a blog to a website so you can go and add uh, you know just keep track of what you're doing while, through development and you can have a development blog and just 
upload a whole bunch of old posts. Like, for instance, that's what Andrew and I are doing is we're keeping, like, diaries of what we've been doing, and we're taking screenshots as we go along. And then once we get to a point where we, we are going to go market this game, we can go and upload all of those posts and say, this is where this game started from, and this is how it evolved to what it is now. Gotcha, that's a good one. Hey, did I write this last one? or No, was that was me. That was uh, me. Okay. Actually, sorry. Um, like I know this maybe a bit outside the article, but uh, another thing you could um, try to do. I was just thinking when reading your outline, Eduardo, is like attend events that could showcase your game, or you could talk to people about your game with. So that you know that could be meetups or things of that nature, or indie game conferences. Um, like a few weeks ago, I went to the uh, Indie Megacade Fest here in uh, Atlanta over at the Tabernacle, and so there was just a ton of indie games there. Uh, well, a ton, you know, there, there was about three floors, but uh, qu quite a few games there, um, you know, just sort of set up to show off to anyone who wanted to come uh, check it out. And it was it was great because you got to go there, talk to the devs, play the games. They could kind of tell you what it was about, what they were doing, you know. I don't know what the cost or impact to them was, but, you know, it was definitely a fun time for me to just go kind of check out what people were trying to do. And um, actually, and oh, here's another great form of advertising on our podcast. I got a buddy I work with who was there, uh, and he's making a game, uh, him and his partner are making a game called... Uh, Twin Cop and their Finite Reflection Productions, um, and they were there, and they you know had a chance to like show it off to anyone who came by, and it was like really cool because you know they got to see the people play the game, give feedback, you know, sort of pitch what their ideas were to, and things like that. So I you know I definitely think like getting involved in a community and you know you know getting your name out there it like really helps. So there's also things like Made with Unity if you're using Unity. And they'll actually help you with your marketing. So if you're making a game with Unity, all you have to do is apply for that uh, for that page, and you can actually make a page on Made with Unity. So right. yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Really I was just gonna say one more thing. Yeah, go check out their game on Steam. It's called Twin Cop. Uh, very fun co-op shooter, and they're not paying me a dime for this. I just had fun playing it, and they're a good couple of guys making a cool game, and it's a total indie game with two people. So check it out. There you go, Twin Cop. Nice. Uh, are we done for today, or do you want another you're question? Leading, you're leading the parade, so <laughs> exactly. whenever you want to clean Whenever up the driving, driving, it's on you. <laughs> okay, I'm the driver. Everybody, get out! Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's take a break, and uh, we will come back. Okay, and we're back. And uh, before we finish the show, Ovina, do you want to talk about uh, the Debug Lounge? Hells yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, so we have our <laughs> Debug Lounge, which is our Facebook group. Uh, not exclusive, really, at all. You just go to facebook.com and search for the Debug Lounge and request an invite, and we will send you with an approval, probably within, like, five, ten minutes, because I never stop checking my phone, so... Uh, so do that. It's, it's, it's a community. It's a community of uh, like uh, like-minded developers. We love to share, talk about what we're working on, talk about cool articles that we've read, just joke and, and have fun and support each other. It's really good. Really nice community. So do that. Join that. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And um, if you like the podcast and you think uh, it's uh, helpful for you or for some friends and you want to support us, please uh, go to patreon.com/slash the debug log and um, make a pledge um, like 
the amount doesn't matter, we're gonna appreciate it. So definitely go and uh, help us out. Uh, so that's it for today, guys. Um, See so if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at EduardoCF1989. And I'm at OBeans, that's O with an H, Beans with a Z. I'm at WookieJumper42. And I'm at R.E. Kilgore, K-I-L-L-G-O-R-E. Chill. Okay, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that was a good one. All right, I'm going to stop.